One, two, three. Welcome to the Entering It Out podcast. I am Lucas Shu. I am the host of the podcast. Thank you for coming on the podcast, listening to the podcast, wherever you are, whoever you are. I don't care. Glad you're listening. Um, since this is the first episode of the actual podcast itself, uh, I also think I should give an intro to who I am and what the podcast will be doing. Uh, I am Lucas Shu, like I stated before. Uh, I have worked for Pro Football Focus for about two years now, or for Wisconsin Herd, two years now. Pro Football Focus is part-time. Most of each other are part-time. I work ESPN production, just small, small stuff. CBS and Fox Sports production, just small, tiny stuff. Um, but yeah, I just love sports. I love talking about sports, so when I get an opinion on sports, this, this podcast, uh, it's not a serious podcast, per se. I get my takes on sports, but we're just having fun here. We're not trying to be anything too serious, but... um. So how the podcast is going to work for the first at least like five-ish episodes, however many episodes it takes to actually flesh out and build what I like and build what the audience likes. So I know it's start a small audience, but build out the frame of the podcast. We're going to start doing that, just do basic football topics. I got a few right here, but um, we will do that. And when this podcast starts getting bigger and gets more fleshed out and gets actual traction and how I like it, I'm going to start getting on guests on here, so get reporters, players, commentators, analysts, anybody that can get on here, I'll try to get on, and I'll also have different kind of segments at the end of the show that I'll do, so like questions, I already have an email set up for that, but uh, yeah, so first thing I think I personally should do when I think about this is, why not give power rankings? Everybody loves power rankings, who does love power rankings, and it's good to set up for to show who I am and how I feel about teams and how I think in football. So I said 1 through 10. 32 through 1 is too big in my opinion, especially for a podcast form when I'm just my first one. But uh, so 1 through 10, I'm going to go 10 to 1. At 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm going to talk about the Cowboys later on in this podcast just because, my God, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, but... I don't know how I feel about them personally as a team. I mean, I like the pieces. They got Amari Cooper, nice, solid piece on the outside. Dak Prescott's an okay quarterback, probably in that 15 to 20 range. They got a great offensive line. All right, we're probably top three in the NFL. They got a great defensive line. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Leighton Van Der Esch, a linebacker, and Jalen Smith, who just, really just re-signed. Two of the best linebackers in the NFL. Honestly, could end up being the best linebacking duo in the NFL in about a couple of years. Uh, Byron Jones on the outside is a great piece. I feel like they're a good team on paper, but I think Dak Prescott only keeps so far. Dak Prescott, he's smart enough and good enough to beat man, his own coverage, excuse me, his own coverage. But when teams go press coverage against his receivers, like Amari Cooper, he the only thing he has is Amari Cooper. He's not going to be able to make those tight window throws that your elite, elite, elite level guys are going to be able to make. He'll he'll make occasional nice throws, but he's not going to make those incredible throws that just move you downfield like your 15-yard passes over the shoulder. He's not going to be able to do that for you. He'll be able to get you those nice, he'll be able to find pockets in the zone coverage where he can just hit a guy over the middle of the field or something like that, but... He's not that elite level guy, so I don't know how far the college is able to go with somebody like that. But 
I they could definitely be a playoff team this year, and I think they most likely will be a playoff team this year, barring any injury happening. With Zeke, I don't think I don't think Zeke makes a big difference. He he's an elite running back. Don't get me wrong, he's probably the best running back in the NFL. But with running backs, they don't really matter much. And I get how that sounds with everything, how football is built around, it's how it's around the game and all that. But you look at the analytics behind everything. Anybody can be running back, really. Obviously, Zeke is a better running back than, say, Tony Pollard, who's back up for the Cowboys. Probably will take Zeke's starting spot while Zeke's gone with the, his holdout. But anybody can be running back. You look at, best example I can think of in my head is C.J. Anderson last year with the Rams. When the Rams played the Cowboys, coincidentally. The Rams' offensive line just absolutely mauled the Cowboys' defensive line. But um, I'll get into that more after I get the power rankings. But yeah, Cowboys, 10. Number 9, Houston Texans. Texans are a nice, nice, nice team. And they probably get, they get bumped up a little bit because Andrew Luck got hurt. Or not hurt. He got hurt and then retired. But I'll list that more in, later in the show. But Houston Texans... Nice team. They got Deshaun Watson, probably top 12 quarterback in the NFL right now. Could be better this coming year. See how he does. Then they got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a man amongst boys when he plays out there. He's arguably top three, top two, maybe number one receiver in the NFL right now. He's so good. Wins contested catches. He's a nice route runner. He's so athletic. He's good at everything you want him to be, really. He's so good. So good. And then you got Will Fuller out there again this year, who should be healthy again. Should be. Good deep threat. Kiki T out there, nice receiver. Um, they look nice, but they obviously have their flaws, which is why they're at number nine. Building the top end of the top ten, they take the top ten through seven was a little bit hard, but um, this is why they're the flaws teams. Uh, the offensive line, not good, not good. I mean, Julian Davenport's your left tackle. Julian Davenport probably wouldn't be a starting left tackle on a 30 NFL teams. He's a, he's a human turn style. I don't mean to say against Julian Davenport, he's a better left tackle than I ever be, I'd ever be, obviously. But an NFL team left tackle, he's he's not going to be good. He's going to be ugly. Especially with those players out there in the AFC South who can just go right through. I mean, Cameron Wake just found the Titans. He's an elite edge rusher, even though he's like 35 years old. He never, never... Ages. It seems like he's a Tom Brady of defensive players. Um, you got Josh Allen, who just got drafted by the Jaguars, who's probably going to crush it. I mean, you got so many guys out there who are going to terrorize that left side of the Texans offensive line. Their defense is nice, though. Again, they got one of the best edge rushers in the NFL slash interior guys, whenever, wherever he plays along the line, and J.J. Watt. They got Whitney Merciless, who's really nice. Uh, their D-backs, um, iffy on. I don't know. I don't know how I feel with them personally. I think they could be. They could be good. I mean, and good. I think they're ceiling, like not great, not like your elite level, guy, elite level groups, but they also could be bad. It's it's a weird situation they have up there in down there. Excuse me in uh, Houston, but I think they'll be a playoff team this year. Number eight, big one of the biggest storylines in the NFL this year. Always, because it always is for the past year and a half, two years. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, oh my goodness, what do I say? So, they made a lot of, on the positive side, they made a lot of nice moves in the draft. They got Darnell Savage, who's a really nice safety. They got Adrian Amos, really good safety from the Bears. They got uh, Zadarius Smith, who's a nice edge rusher who can play inside as well. They got 
from the Ravens. They got Preston Smith from the Redskins. I mean, they went out and just overhauled their defensive edge rushers and defense overall, which is something that the Packers never do, especially in free agency. They never spend anything on free agency, never, which is surprising to me. I'm a Packers fan to be unbiased, to be show my bias there. It's a little bit biased, but they never do that. Offensively, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, top five quarterback in the NFL right now, probably top three, to be honest. You got Devontae Adams, top 10 receiver in the NFL. The offensive line is nice. Dave Bakhtiari, probably best left tackle in the NFL. I didn't like the pickup of uh, Billy Turner from the uh, Broncos. I mean, he's, for the Packers guards, he's an upgrade. But the Packers, he's not that good of a guard. He's not that good. But it's it's a nice upgrade for the Packers themselves. I mean, Judge Elgin Jenkins, who I really liked out of uh, Mississippi State. Um, But the receivers, they do have Devonta Adams, like I listed. Nice, nice, nice receiver. Top 10 receiver in the NFL, probably. Really good release at the line. Oh, my God. Him, Thielen, and Keenan Allen, probably the top three releases in the NFL. But uh, the outside of Devonta Adams, I don't know what they have. They have, like... Jimmy Graham, tight end, not the best, way aging, not the best anymore. Jay Sturmer, they drafted, I, I like, out of uh, Missouri. But then they got Kumaro, Jay Kumaro, who is, nah, he did, he's doing solid in the preseason, but again, this is against, and this is in preseason, against like preseason players, preseason defenses, but not getting creative, not showing anything out of the ordinary. You got uh, Trevor Davis, who's looked, Good. He had a good game last week against. I can't remember who they played last week, but uh, Raiders. But again, preseason defense. They got uh, Scantling, who was okay. Uh, I couldn't even say Brown, who just got hurt, who's going to be out for a while. I don't know how this receiver situation is going to shape out. If somebody can pull away and show that they're a good number two and number three receiver, I don't know. If it does, then the Packers will sure be a good team this year, but if they don't, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, new head coach Matt LaFleur can uh, take this team, how he's going to work with this team, what he's going to do scheme-wise. LaFleur is also another big factor in everything. He's a new head coach, first-time head coach ever. Came from the Titans as an OC. It's going to be interesting to see how he works with Rodgers. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about Rodgers and McCarthy and how they weren't the best of friends, but... I don't know. It should be interesting to see how those two work. I know there's been a lot of talk between the, and the media between how they're going to work and how the courts have come out between them, but we can't say anything until we actually see them play. But it should be interesting. At number seven, we have the Cleveland Browns. I am big on the Browns this year, as is most everybody in NFL circles. I am big on them. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They just got who's an elite receiver. Elite, elite, elite receiver. Probably top five, top three again. Uh, you got Jarvis Landry. Nice slot guy who's going to catch anything you throw to him. You got Nick Chubb again. Running backs, eh, we'll get into that later, but he's a nice piece as it is. Offensive line-wise, they lost, uh, I can't remember who they traded. Kevin Zietler to the uh, to the Giants for Olivia Vernon. He's a, he was a nice guy. He's a nice offensive lineman. He's really good, but he's a guard Guards aren't as important as tackles are, but he still was a good offensive lineman. Their offensive line's okay. They get some nice pieces along there. Corey Lindsay is a, a good center. But, uh... The defense is incredible. 
Sheldon Richardson, a deep tackle. You got Olivia Verna on one side. You got Miles Garrett on another side. I mean, come on. That's not even fair. That's a, two elite edge rushers in the NFL right there. On the same defense. And you got Denzel Ward at D-back. You got, uh, who's the draft of uh, LSU? Greedy Williams at our D-back. Oh my goodness. If they, use, if they just go press man coverage, it's going to be crazy to see how those guys work because both those guys coming out of college were elite, elite level press man coverage guys. That team can be so good. And then you got a quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I'm a big Baker Mayfield guy. Top 10 quarterback in the NFL probably right now. Probably like number 10. Probably just at the edge of that. But I think this year he could step into being Baker and just crush it. He is... He's so accurate, he can't be bad. I mean, he can be bad, obviously, but his accuracy is at on another level. In college, he crushed it. Yeah, Oklahoma played uh, Big 12 defenses and didn't really play the best teams, best coverage guys in any sense of the word, but in the NFL, Baker showed that he can. He is an elite passer and is very accurate and can hit tight window throws at an elite level. And he could really stepped up this year and show that he is top eight quarterback in the NFL this year, which could be obviously extremely, extremely, extremely hard with the quarterback to have in the NFL this year, but holy man, Baker is good. I think he's going to have a big year this year, and I think the Browns probably make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win the division because Steelers, I don't put the Steelers in the top 10 here. Steelers were probably at my 11th for power rankings wise, but I could see the Steelers pulling away. Ben Roethlisberger more experienced than Baker. Juju Smith-Schuster is a nice receiver, but um, I think they could make the they could either win the AFC North or take second in the AFC North and be a wildcard team. Either or, I think that's going to happen. Six, LA Chargers. LA Chargers have, to me, drafted so 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 well over the years. They drafted Bosa, which is I mean that's just a obvious pick. They drafted Denzel, excuse me, Denzel Ward, Derwin James. How did, you, how did Darwin James fall that far in the draft? I don't know. He was like the perfect, perfect, prototypical hybrid safety for this NFL. I'm going to get into him later, but that team is so good. They have Phil Rivers, Keenan Allen, who was said top, one of the top three releases in the NFL. They uh, Mike Williams, nice receiver. Little injury prone, little injury prone, but still nice receiver when he's healthy. Offensive line worries me a little bit. I mean, they haven't really done much to address that. Or it hasn't really fixed itself much. I mean, that defense, though, is elite. You got Melvin Ingram on one side. You got Joey Bosa. You got Denzel Perryman in the, uh, the linebacker. was a solid linebacker. You got Desmond King, probably one of the best. He's not, like, first... The first... Excuse me, not first best. Not proper English. Not the best slot corner. Probably the second best slot corner. I'd probably say second, and I think about it. Probably quite Chris Harris Jr. ahead of him. But still an elite-level corner who can shut down dudes. I mean... That team is so good on paper. But then they get injuries. And Joey Bosa can get hurt. And Mike Williams can get hurt. And Derwin James literally just got hurt like a week ago. Which, man, I feel bad for him because Derwin James is so good. But Phil Rivers is still there. He's amazing, as is top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Probably top 8, top 7. That team probably could be a playoff team if, if everyone stays healthy. I mean, losing Derwin James is going to be a real, real kicker for them because of how good he is. But that team will probably be a playoff team just because they got too many good pieces on the team to fail. Unless, obviously, again, they get injured because 
that's their big big Achilles heel, just injuries. But they're a good team nonetheless. Getting in the top five now. Number five, New Orleans Saints. Oh, Saints fans just felt so 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 bad for you guys last year in the NFC Conference game against the Rams with that missed call by the referee. Oh my God, I don't even know. I've I've felt awful for them, but. Again, I think they're going to be a great team this year. Drew Brees is getting up there in age. And it's starting to warm me a little bit because near the end of the year, he was didn't look like the Drew Brees of old and wasn't just throwing dimes everywhere across the field. He, the first, like, 15, 14 weeks of the year, whatever, he was just crushing it. I don't have the numbers on my page, but he was just crushing it. And then he started ticking off a little bit and a little bit, but he was still elite-level Drew Brees just throwing dimes across the field at the elite accuracy like he is. But that team is so good. You got elite corners. Cam Jordan's still there, who's an elite edge rusher, an elite on the line there. Alvin Kamara, probably one of the most valuable running backs in the NFL just due to the catching ability. Everybody just run routes, basically, as like a receiver does. They got two elite offensive linemen, Tron Armstead and Ryan Ramchuk. It's a crushing it. And that team is so good. Michael Thomas. Just just got uh, re-signed by the Saints. Got an extension with them. He's another receiver, probably a top five, top six receiver in the NFL. I mean, they got so many good pieces on the team. They have almost no weakness. They have some weaknesses. Linebackers are hurting me a little bit. The cornerbacks besides uh, Marcus Williams, I believe it is. Marcus Williams, I believe it is, on the defensive back. Maybe pronounced his name wrong. I forgot his name. Give me one second. But uh, that team is so good. On every aspect, except for maybe interior offensive line. Besides uh, that line, besides the interior is amazing. But uh, secondary D back, I don't know who's gonna step up. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got I'm looking at the D backs right now for the Saints. You got Eli Apple who. Wasn't really the best in uh, New York. Marshawn Lattimore, not Marcus Williams, but see, Marshawn Lattimore was the elite uh, D-back for the Saints. P.J. Williams, eh. Marcus Sherrill is, eh. I, I don't know who's going to step up and be that guy for them that they need on the other side, uh, opposite of uh, Marshawn Lattimore. But they're a good team nonetheless. Very good team. Very good team. Tight ends maybe, but very good team. Very, 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 very good team. Um, number four. Kansas City Chiefs. Holy man, are they good. This top five right here, it was so hard to choose from. Just because there's so many, so many good teams. But number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, were they their offense is an out of this world. You got Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in the NFL right now. He can he's a receiver who runs route face. He's a receiver who lines up as a tight end essentially. He's so big, so fast, so quick. Great hands. He just destroys teams over the middle of the field. Another seam. He's so, so, so good. Then you got Sammy Watkins, who's a nice receiver. Should have been better coming out of college, but he's still nice nonetheless. Then you have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, not a good guy. Not a good guy in any sense of the word. I mean, without child abuse, I mean, that's not acceptable in any sense of the word at all. In any facet, but he's a very good football player. He runs 
at another level. It looks like everybody else is running in slow motion when he's running streak routes on the field and just catches like a 70-year bomb from Patrick Mahomes. Then you got uh, Mitchell Schwartz in the right tackle for the Chiefs. All-pro right tackle just crushed it last year. Crushed it. And obviously you got Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is another level quarterback. Holy man, is he good. He has the ability to throw like a 70-yard dime to Tyreek Hill. Where he can run outside the pocket to his right and throw like a 20-yard crossing route to whoever. To Travis Kelsey. He can do so many things so well. He's so mobile. Very accurate. Cannon for an arm. He doesn't make mistakes a lot. He does everything you want a quarterback to do. And he's so young. He's only like 23 years old, 22 years old. However young he is. But oh my god, is that kid good. The one thing that worries me, that really should worry me, he's 23 years old, Patrick Mahomes. But the one thing that does worry me a, a lot for the Chiefs is uh, defensive backs and the whole defensive back group outside of uh, Terry Matthew. Terry Matthew, really, really nice D-back. I mean, they needed that. They really, really needed that. Cause, but yeah, everybody else... In the cornerback group and safety group. Yeesh. I mean, Tyre Matthew, obviously, really good safety. Solid guy in the box safety, but still valuable nonetheless. But, um, I mean, I'm looking at the D-back group right here. You get Kendall Fuller. Could be good. He's a good player. Chevarius Ward. I don't even know. This is this is preseason, so I assume the guys are going to get cut, obviously. But this is it right now. Herb Miller, Mark Fields. Michael Hunter. And then at the other side, you got Rashad Breland, who I watched, I'm a Packers fan, watched him last year. It was ugly, to say the least. Demondre Wade, Rashad Fenton, Decoy Moore, and Morris Claiborne. I mean, that is, it's going to get ugly out there. It's going to get ugly. I mean, Team Vegas is going to torch them. It's going to get so bad. It's going to be like the last year's game between the Rams and the Chiefs. Where they're putting up the 40 points a game. That's what the Chiefs are going to need to do this year. But I think they have the ability to do it this year. Which is crazy. But just that D-back group is just... Oh. And the safeties have Daniel Sorensen. Juan Thornhill, who I kind of liked. Coming out of Virginia Tech, I believe he came out of. Jordan Lucas, Armani Watts. Harold Jones Cordy and Andrew Soro. I don't know who Andrew Soro is. My mistake. But uh, besides Terry Matthew and maybe Kendall Fuller. Fuller I don't know how they're going to survive, especially in this past heavy offense in 2019. Besides that, I mean, you got Chris Jones, really, 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 really good uh, interior lineman for uh, uh, Kansas City. Crushed it last year. You got Frank Clark, who they got from uh, Seattle. Really nice edge player. Great pass rusher. Uh, they got Kalen Saunders. Kalen Saunders, I believe, came out of... Let me look it up quick. Can't remember. It's not a big school, I know. Came out of Western Illinois. But he crushed it Western Illinois. He was a great pass rusher at the tackle position. And I think he could do it again at the NFL level. He's going to need to pass some guys up on the depth chart to show that he can do it. But I think he has the ability to. And he showed up me in college at least that he can do it. And I think he will be able to do it. But uh, besides the cornerback group, the D-back group, and probably the linebacker group with Reggie Ragland there, I love the Chiefs. Their offense I've loved. There's nothing wrong with their offense at all. Defense, D-backs, scary me 
a lot. That scared the hell out of me. But we'll see what happens. Number three, I was going to put the Eagles here, but I think I'm going to put them, move them up a little bit. I'll go with the Rams. The Rams last year, again, oh my goodness, that, that Saints game was interesting to say at least, but the Rams are very good again this year. They got Todd Gurley, who, again, running back, but he's still a nice piece. But uh, they still got uh, Jared Goff, probably top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now, probably. Uh, Blake Bortles was a nice pickup last year. He's probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And they still have Brandon Cooks, really good receiver. Robert Woods, really good receiver. Cooper Cup, really good receiver. Andrew Whitworth is still there, even though I don't know how old he is, but he's still just crushing it. Rob Havenstein is a really nice run-blocking right tackle, and a really good right tackle overall. Austin Blythe is okay. He's going to be good. That offense is so good. And then you got, uh, on defense, you got Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL right now, by far. And you get Khalil Mack out there, you get your Von Millers, but Aaron Donald does things that nobody else can do. He is so good from the interior defensive line position, it's not even funny. He crushed it last year. I don't know how you stop a guy like that. You double team him, but he still breaks through. He powers through those guys. He's so fast. I single coverage against those quicker guards. That's single coverage. Just line up against one on one with the guard. He's so quick. He has so many moves he can go to that you really can't do anything against him besides just pray and triple team him and just hope he doesn't destroy your quarterback and crush him. I mean, the dude is too good. He's too good. He's too athletic, but he's not just straight athleticism where it's just. He's going right through with power moves. He's just using his strength, his speed. He's so technically refined. He has some of the best hands of any defensive lineman probably ever. It's crazy how good he is. Then besides him, they still got nice players. Clay Matthews didn't have the best year last year. The Packers, he's okay. Dante Fowler Jr. Had, he had that one really, really, really good year. But now he's he's yet to show the, how good he is yet or how, if you can be that good again. Uh, Brockers is a nice player along the line again. Uh, Samson Ekubam, backup for uh, Fowler probably. Backup linebacker, it's going to be nice off the edge. A nice pass rusher. Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, and Nicole Ruby Coleman. Those three D-backs are so good. It's not even funny. They can do... Peters is great in his own coverage. Akeem Talib is really good. Those guys don't need to say anything. But then they got a guy... I can't remember where David Long, David Long came from, David Long Jr., but he's very, very nice. He's going to be a nice, probably dime corner for them. Then they got Eric Weddle, they got from the Ravens this past year. It was a really nice free safety. You got Taylor Rapp, they just drafted out of Washington, with a nice, strong safety, a box safety. I mean, everything on that team is so good. They really have no weakness. I mean, maybe tight end, but Gerald Everett could turn to be something pretty good, especially in that offense with Sean McVay. Now Sean McVay just turns everybody into something really good with that play-action scheme he does. But Rams probably going to be the second-best team in the NFC, maybe first-team, best team in the NFC if they're best. They're not going to fall out their best, I don't think. But I think they're going to crush it and just crush the NFC West this year. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. This roster has literally everything you want 
in our in a roster, an NFL roster. Excuse me. I mean, they got Carson Wentz, who's uh, Cam Newton esque in a way, where he's very, 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 very athletic, but he sometimes is off accuracy wise. But he's better than Cam Newton accuracy wise. So I think that makes him like top fifteen range, top twelve range of quarterbacks. He's very good. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year for Eagles fans' sakes. But everything else, I mean, they probably have the best offensive line in the NFL right now. I mean, when you look at it, you got left uncle on the roster right now. Left tackle, Jason Peters. Elite, elite, elite left tackle. Injury prone at times, but elite left tackle. Isaac Samillo, probably the worst lineman on that team, in the, uh, in the roster, but he's not bad. Um, Jason Kelsey, best center in the NFL, probably. Best center. Elite pass blocker, elite run blocker. He's a crazy when he pulls. Holy man, is that guy good. Brandon Brooks, elite right guard, elite right guard, probably top three in the NFL. Leon Johnson, probably top three right tackle in the NFL. I mean, everybody on that roster, for the line-wise, is so, so, so good. I mean, they don't, they don't have a weakness on there. You got Jason Peters, like I said, who is injury-prone. But then back up, they drafted Andre Dillard in the first round. Andre Dillard is probably the best pass-blocking lineman in the draft last year. And they want to just add him to their team, you know, in case Jason Peters does get hurt. Or when he does get hurt and when he does retire. So then they got another guy that just go in there and go, Hey, we're going to protect Carson Wentz with literally the best offensive line in the entire NFL. And then they still went and drafted Arcega Whiteside, which was a really nice receiver out of Stanford. And the receiving core is really good, too. You got Alshon Jeffrey. You got Arcega Whiteside that they just listed. Nelson Aguilar is an SK out of the slot. Then they got Deshaun Jackson, who's now they have like a really good deep threat out there. Thing is crushed guys with. I mean, that whole receiving core is super, super good. I figure Whiteside might not see the field much this year because, I mean, their receivers and their offense forms are too good. It's They're too good. He might not see it this year, but next year, if they cut Elshon Jeffrey, trade Elshon Jeffrey, which is a big possibility because save some cap like teams do and just save some money and move it around more, he'll probably see the field next year. Tight end, Zachards, top three tight end in the NFL between. Probably him and Kittle by two and three, depending where you want him. I think Kelsey is the number one for me. But then two or three is either George Kittle from 49ers and Zeckerts. One of those two you'll put in two and three. Really good tight end, nonetheless. Catches everything you throw to him. He can run routes really good. Then you got Dallas Goddard. You got a backup tight end. You got Dallas Goddard as well. Dallas Goddard, solid tight end. Solid tight end. Good backup tight end, nonetheless. Then their defense is great, too. Malcolm Jenkins in the back, really good safety. I mean, yeah, probably really good box safety. Really good. Then you got Nigel Bradham. Their linebackers mm, worry me a little bit. Nigel Bradham is a, probably their best linebacker. Kamaro Hill. Eh. Zach Brown. Could be good. I don't know. What do you think a little bit? That's probably their weak spot in their pride roster in general because they're that good but then they got for defensive line they just got dudes everywhere and you got Fletcher Cox probably the second best interior lineman defensive lineman in the entire NFL who was an elite lineman who probably will be the best if Aaron Donald wasn't just a freak of nature and was just good at everything but Fletcher Cox crazy bull rush move crazy lineman in general very 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 good 
Brandon Graham, underrated. Very underrated. He just goes unnoticed because he doesn't get those sack numbers that like Khalil Max, Von Miller's get. He's not as good as them. I don't think he's as good as them. But he's a top five edge rusher in the NFL to me. He doesn't get those like those sacks that they get, like I said, but he gets pressure on the quarterback basically every single year, it feels like. He gets Nick G gets like a foot away from the quarterback, they fire away and gets like a hit. But he doesn't get a sack. But he's still so good. He doesn't show up the little stat sheets like those guys do, but he's still so so good. Such a good bull rush move. He's one of some pure strength and just overpowered dude, but he still has nice hands. Very good defense alignment. Malik Jackson, next one's alignment. Derek Barnett out of Tennessee from about a year or two ago. Really looks could be like it could be good. The backups we got Vinny Curry and Tim Jernigan, who are solid backups and solid players overall. I mean that team is so good. D backs got Ronald Darby who's a nice player. Cindy Jones was okay. That the second D back position, second cornerback position, that also worries me a little bit. I mean Ronald Darby, nice corner. I think he's a clear number one there. But you got Avante Maddox, Rasul Douglas, Cindy Jones, Skandrick. I don't know who's going to come out and show, hey, I'm the number two guy here. I don't know who's going to step up and go, it's me. I, I, I don't know who's going to do it. I mean, maybe Vontae Maddox, maybe Cindy Jones. I don't know. But besides that, I mean, safety Malcolm Jacobs, like I said. Rodney McLeod's pretty good. Sandejo is nice to back up. Jensen Cyprian's a nice pickup. I mean... So many good players on this team. Just overall, it's crazy. Number one, who else but the New England Patriots? I mean, as long as you got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick on their team, you mean it's you gotta be number one, basically. That team is so. It, I was gonna say good, but there are spots on there that actually do genuinely worry me, but. Knowing Bill Belichick and knowing Tom Brady and their whole staff in general, I'm sure they'll pull something out of their butts and just make a team like a 12 and 14, which they probably will be again this year. But obviously, Tom Brady, what is there to say? Probably the best quarterback in NFL history. I mean, dude's a monster. Monster. Don't even need to say much about him. Running backs, they got Sonny Michelle. James White, I like James White a lot. He's good at uh, receiving back out of the backfield. Um, as long as I actually put him on the backfield. Then offensive line, I mean, Shaq Mason. Really good. Really good right guard. Probably the, one of the better guards in the NFL, not the best guard. David Andrews, running nice interior lineman. They have two of the best interior linemen in the NFL right there. Receivers is where it gets interesting to me because, to me, uh, separation is king. Whether you separate with speed we separate with route running ability. As long as you can get open and stay open, that's the most important stat to me. Important ability for a receiver, not a stack. Excuse me. Important ability for a receiver to do, be able to have. But their guys aren't really separators. They're more like win contested catches, go like 14 yards on the field, jump over a D-back's head and catch the ball, which is fine. If you can do it consistently, it's fine, but nah, I don't know if they can do it consistently. But, I mean, they got Phil Dorsett, physical guy. Camille Thomas is a big physical guy. Josh Gordon, probably not a big physical guy. Uh, Edelman is not really a physical guy. I mean, he's Edelman. He's going to run slot routes. He's going to beat you like eight yards over the field. Those, those drag, what are those 
in routes, out routes, the drag routes. He's gonna be Edelman. He's gonna he's gonna do very good this year. It's not it's not an insult. I'm not trying to say he's very good, very good, very 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 good receiver. But then they got a uh, Nikhil Harry, who was out of AFCU, who was big physical guy. Jacoby Myers, big physical guy. I mean, all of them are just big physical dudes who just win with like against contested against uh, wins contested catches, which I don't know how it's gonna work. I'm sure Bill Belichick's going to pull something out of his ass again and just turn this team into a great team again. I mean, their defense, they got some nice pieces there. Going off that, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, probably the best cornerback in the NFL. He crushed it last year. He was unstoppable. Patrick Chung, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be on the roster for, I don't know how long he's going to be gone for, but uh, Dante Hightower, a nice player. Calvin Noy is really nice. They got just a lot of nice guys. Lawrence Guy, nice. Michael Bennett, nice. Devin McCourty, probably actually pretty good. They've got a lot of nice players. They got uh, Jawan Williams. Not a lot of guys know about Jawan Williams. I can't remember where he came out of college for the life of me right now. Maybe Vanderbilt. Maybe Vanderbilt. Maybe, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's like the Vanderbilt. He's a really, 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 really nice player. He was in the second round. I was not expecting him to go second round, but he went second round and he deserved to second round. He is a great player. Great, 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 great player. And the fact that the Patriots got him, of course, of all teams, is not even fair. They find those just those random dudes. Or not random dudes, but they find those players that nobody really wants or nobody thinks of, and then they turn them into great dudes. They have Byron Cowart playing for Maryland. Byron Cowart, I believe, played interior line, but now they're playing him... I forgot how they played Byron Cowart at Maryland, but they played him bad. I believe it is an interior. But now Ben Court's playing like how he should be playing, like on the edge. And he's crushing it. He's running over dudes. He's just destroying dudes in preseason. Again, preseason. But nonetheless, Byron Court, watch him in the NFL this year. He's going to probably destroy some dudes. He's very, very, very good. He's going to be good. Maybe not like elite level, but he's going to be, he's going to make a difference. He's going to be, he can get some good snaps in the NFL this year. Chase Winovich, probably the best edge rusher at Michigan last year. As, as a Packers fan, who Packers drafted Rosh Gary. Chase Winovich, best pass rusher in Michigan. He actually won against his lineman and got to the quarterback, where Rosh Gary kind of just got stalled. He didn't really get to the quarterback much. He didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He's Rosh Gary, if we're having an athleticism contest, he crushes Chase Winovich. He crushes almost everybody because he's just a freak of nature, athletically, but he doesn't really win against guys, which is a problem. He can be a freak athlete, he can be super strong, super fast, super athletic overall, but if you don't get the quarterback, you're not, you're not good. You're not doing your job, which Chase Winovich did do in Michigan and preseason. Again, preseason, but he's showing that he can beat guys off the edge and beat tackles off the edge and get to the quarterback and put pressure on the quarterback. Where Rosh and Gary, I mean, his second, his second week of preseason, I believe it was against the Ravens, he got stalled. He got stall awarded. He wasn't good. I don't know. He, he's going to bitch. Great, great pick by the Patriots. Um, overall, I mean, also, Yannick Adjust, West Virginia, I believe West Virginia, Gonna confirm that one second, but uh, he's a nice pickup also for the Patriots again. Nice outside tackle for them, West Virginia. Yeah, he's gonna be a nice pickup. He's finding these just late round guys, especially this year. 
Later on guys who are just nice players. Haldji Froholt, nice pickup again. I mean, everything they do is just... It's amazing. They had the, the best draft. They find the random guys, put them... In, not random guys. They find the undervalued guys, Battenfeld teams, put them in good positions to win, and they succeed. But <laughs> I find they're one of the best teams in the NFL, and the best teams in NFL history, and one of the best dynasties in NFL history. Now that we've got the power rankings out of the way and sorted out, we have other topics we can get into, and probably the biggest news in the NFL this past years, year, year, two years, however many years, was Andrew Luck retiring. I was sitting on my couch, just watching TV, and I saw in a chat that Andrew Luck retired, and... I thought it was some joke or something, but I woke it up. Sure enough, Andrew retired, but it's probably the most shocking news since Barry Sanders retired from the Lions. I mean, this changes the entire NFL. And every aspect, not just the AFC South, not just the AFC, it changes the entire NFL landscape. Andrew Luck was top six quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy, top seven maybe. He was the elite, 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 elite-tier quarterbacks. And now he's gone. I feel awful for Andrew Luck, first of all, because when you watched him in that press conference, he seemed, like, destroyed. Mentally, physically, I mean, he had a lacerated kidney, I believe it was, damage to his ribs. He had another leg injury. He had that labrum injury that held him up for, like, year, year and a half he couldn't throw a football and he comes back and he has his leg injury and he seemingly goes out for however long he's going to be out for this time but I feel awful for him and with the booze and with the information being leaked he's, he's going to announce that it's supposed to be I can't remember I think the day after the game so recording this on a Monday so it's supposed to be today he'll supposed to announce this but man yesterday when the pockets will be released but it's supposed to be on Monday but Man, I feel awful for him. I feel awful for the Colts. I mean, lost Peyton Manning, but then they got Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck looked like to be to be the savior, and he was for a while. He was a great quarterback, improving every year, but when he first got there, he had nothing. It was like Andrew Luck, and that's it. They had no offensive line. He kept getting hit and hit. Bruce Arians is a deep ball kind of guy, and his quarterbacks hold on to the ball longer than most quarterbacks should or do in general but that was part of the problem too is you got hit so many times in that scheme but the Colts fans thought they probably had something they had their next guy per se and <laughs> they lost him I the fans don't shouldn't have booed him in the first place I get that but for every fan who's like not maybe not extreme but not like that. It's just gut-wrenching. It's absolutely gut-wrenching. It's just... One of those situations where you feel bad for almost everybody. I mean... Even, like, NFL fans. <laughs> you lose one of the most fun-to-watch players in the NFL. Most entertaining players in the NFL from his padding players in the back telling good hit from his actual play on the field. He's just one of those guys you love to watch. And now he's just gone, but good it's good for him in a way because he's looking out for his body and his health. But 
man, you just you have to feel bad for Andrew Luck. Speaking of injuries, let's move on to uh, another guy. We talked about the Chargers earlier in the podcast in a power ranking segment. There's one guy who I absolutely love, 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 love with all my heart, all of my everything about me. Came out of the draft, I loved him. And I was, I was not going to say I was, I was right on him because he was a home run hit, home run prospect. But Derwin James got injured this past preseason. He's going to be out for however long, I believe, a couple months, it looks like. What can I remember? Oh, yeah, I can remember. But Derwin James is, if he can, if this injury doesn't derail anything for him and doesn't like hurt his progress, he is. One of the best safeties in the NFL right now. He probably could be the next great safety. Not to put expectations too high for Derwin. But he does everything you want in a safety to do. He's a, literally the perfect hybrid safety. He's not like, bad at anything, really. He can come down and stop the run, which he's, you just need to be confident at. He's fairly good at it. He's great at shooting blockers, great at making hits around the line of scrimmage. He can pass rush. And when I say he can pass rush, I don't mean he can occasionally put pressure on the quarterback like at a, a, safety, a level that's good for safeties. He can do it at an elite, not even an elite level, but he can do it at a good level in general. And when he can put around the line of scrimmage and lined up around the line of scrimmage, wherever, he can put pressure because he's so fast, he's strong, he's quick, he's agile. And then in coverage, he can be like a deep free safety role where he can be like play a box safety and try co- or play man coverage. He can play zone coverage like in the middle of the field. He can be... He's fast enough to play deep. He's literally everything you want in a safety. I watched film of Derwin, and he'll be playing like a deep free safety role, and say he's playing, can't remember what team it was, but it was a guy just running straight down the field, streak route, fly route on the outside, and Derwin's playing deep center of the field, and to pass deep, he comes flying over the over the side of the field, gets a hand on the ball, and breaks it to play, and it's a normal play for Derwin James. Some of those guys can't do that. Some guys can do that, but they can't be a man coverage. They're not really good at run support, or they're not going to put pressure on quarterback. Derwin can do that and deep zone coverage and deep free safety coverage all by himself. But then he can come down and make a play in the line of scrimmage, or he can play man coverage on a guy and just be great at it. He's literally, as an offensive coordinator, you can't scheme around him and kind of take him out of the game because he's so good at doing so many different things. He's such a useful player. He's the future of the NFL, and he's what like every NFL defensive coordinator and GM and fan dreams of. He's the guy who can do anything you want him to do. You can ask him to do anything. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. And to make, I believe he made the NFL All Pro team last year. To make that, I guess, like a, I believe last year was a second year in the NFL. To do that at his age is insane. It's insane. I don't even know. It's just crazy. Uh, let's get into the Antonio Brown news. Uh, AB and the Raiders, it's it's a mess. Obviously, if you have, you probably have heard, but if you haven't heard, Antonio Brown is uh, not doing very well in Oakland with his helmet situation. So Antonio Brown wants to wear his old helmet, but it's not allowed by the NFL for safety reasons, which is a good reason to have, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Tony Brown thinks I'm wrong, but... Um, 
and he tried to get it appealed or even to the appeal process to the NFL and they said no and he did it again and they said he recently said no and with that he is not practicing they got him to practice I believe but then he's not practicing again and it's a whole mess GM the Raiders came out and said they did everything in their power so it's their AB's turn to either play or don't play but Antonio Brown is if he can play Antonio Brown level of what he did in Pittsburgh and be one of the best receivers in the NFL, he's going to be a big piece to this Raiders team and actually make them good again. Because you're giving Derek Carr a great weapon in Antonio Brown. Probably maybe not the best weapon in the AFC West besides Tyreek Hill. That's to me debatable because of how crazy fast Tyreek Hill is, but you're giving him a top three receiver in the NFL. Top five receiver in the NFL. Who can just torch defenses. And you give him an actual legit weapon. And you got Tyrell Williams from the uh, from the Chargers, I believe, to play receiver with him. If you had those two in the field with Derek Carr, you're getting some decent weapons out there. That's going to be a, actually a good a low, a good offense. Not, not Probably not people uh, think about that or don't really view the Raiders as this good offensive team or this high-level offensive team, but if you give him Antonio Brown, Derek Carr's a competent quarterback at the bare minimum, and then you give him Tyrell Williams, and Josh Jacobs could be somewhat decent, you got, again, running back. We'll get to that in the next segment. But you give, that's a good, you give Derek Carr those offense, and you give John Gruden those type of players, that could be a good offense. Their defense, I don't know, but, man, Antonio Brown... And the Raiders are so volatile as a team. They're like the, I was going to say the Ryan Fitzpatrick of teams, but I don't know if they're sitting as high as Ryan Fitzpatrick's sitting as his quarterback. But they're so volatile. So many things could go right for them with Antonio Brown, Tyra Williams hitting it off with Derek Carr and crushing it, and John Gordon crushing it. But it also could just completely backfire, and Antonio Brown could become a huge head case. The offense doesn't get together. John Gordon messes something up, and can't really work in this new modern NFL. Something could go horrible, something could go really good. The Raiders are going to be an interesting start line this year, and it's going to be either really messy or actually good, surprisingly good. Now to kind of get into the running back talk that I've somewhat talked about in the beginning of the podcast. Um, so let's get into Cowboys contracts and kind of we'll transition into that. But so... So the Cowboys themselves are an interesting team and franchise right now because when you look at them, you got Dak Prescott, who isn't really uh, a league quarterback per se. He's you're in your 15 to 20 range probably there. He's not going to be your elite level guy. He needs plays around him, like weapons around him and receivers like Amari Cooper, who they traded for last year, around him to make himself better. Like, when you look at it last year, before Amari Cooper got to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott was had Cole Beasley as his best option on that team. But then Amari Cooper arrived in that trade with the Raiders, and their whole franchise, for lack of a better term, immediately changed. I mean, their whole franchise, that team last year, immediately changed. Because they gave Dak Prescott a, a weapon to work with, and somebody who would get open for him and make his life a lot easier... Because he wasn't going to do that on his own. So he gives him the head to work with. 
which is key for Dak because he's not that guy that you're he's not like Jerry Goff he's not like Carson Wentz I'm not saying Jerry Goff and Carson Wentz are like top 10 guys top 5 guys they're like to your 11, 12, 13 range guys and that's good enough Dak probably like if I had to say it time I had probably 15, 20 like I said before probably like 16, 17 around there but Dak wants 40 million according to sources according to people in uh, people talking about it if he wants $40 million and turned down a $32 million contract I believe it was that can't really afford to take $40 million because if you, if you pay Dak Prescott $40 million per year I believe it would be you're not going to be able to pay Amari Cooper you're not going to pay these other weapons you're not going to be able to bring guys in from free agency or any of this stuff because you're paying your quarterback too much money which usually isn't a problem if you have like Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady Russell Wilson, um, Patrick Mahomes, any of these guys. Not a problem. But when you have Dak Prescott, then it can be a problem. Because you're not going to bring anybody in. And then you have a whole other situation with Ezekiel Elliott. I, okay. Ezekiel Elliott and running backs in general, we'll, we'll transition to there. We'll talk about running backs overall, including the Cowboys situation. But Running backs in general, especially in 2019, in this modern era of passing the football, in, in general, running backs are not valuable. It, I When I first I heard the analytics and first heard that, I didn't believe it really either. Because what you're taught and you read and learn when you're like growing up and you're watching football is establish a run, run early, and running backs matter, and all that stuff. But when you look at the analytics... And when I took it in and evaluated everything and thought about it, I kind of see what I see whether I, I believe it, and I see why because the offensive line, the most important part about the the running game is your run, your offensive line. How good they are blocking the run and run blocking. If you have an offensive line that's gonna be able to create holes for your running back and move guys out of the way in the line and get to the second level. It can make your running back job a million times easier. And that's kind of why it's an important part because, like a CJ Anderson, like I said before, CJ Anderson crushed the Dallas Cowboys, ironically, crushed the Dallas Cowboys defense. Not because he was like just sprinting by dudes and making like three guys miss and getting like 15 yard plays on his own because the Rams' offensive line created so many holes for him, especially up the middle. He just had daylight for 15 yards and was untouched until he got the 15 yard mark then he got like then he got tackled he didn't really make a lot of guys miss. he did a good game on his own but he didn't make a lot of guys miss he just saw the hole and ran through it which is what you're taught is running back but he oftentimes makes you especially in that sense of the word the second most, second most important part about the running game is quarterback play and the passing game overall if you have a really good quarterback and you have like or two really good receivers, you're going to be able to pull guys away from the box, pull guys away from the line, and force them to cover those guys, and force them to play, force them to be like conservative in the run game, for lack of a better term, and force them to focus more on the passing in the run game. And it can make that job a million times easier. When you don't have that and you don't have a good run blocking out to the line, you don't have a good quarterback, it's going to be a nightmare for your running back. And to be a situation where your running back can be as talented as ever. He'd be the best running back in the NFL, but he's not going to be able to do anything with it. 
because he's getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage by somebody, and he breaks that tackle. A 300-pound defensive tackle is right in his face, bringing him down. Sure, he probably got bust one loose for about 20 yards, but he's that talented, but he's not going to do that every single play. He's going to do it every other play, even. Third point part part of the running game, as you can tell, is a running back. In the situation the Cowboys is, you can't really pay Ezekiel Elliott the money he wants. Same goes for Melvin Gordon. I'm a big, I am a big Badgers fan in general, and I love Melvin Gordon playing for the Badgers. Loved him so much, but when it comes to team success, you can't pay Melvin Gordon and you can't pay Ezekiel the money they want because they don't. Now they don't deserve it, but they don't really. It wouldn't. It would hinder your team's ability to win games. If you look at it that way, because there's so much more value you can put it. Money you can put more in valuable positions, positions that matter more than the running back. But if you give it to the running back, you're gonna be just hurting yourself. It doesn't make sense. But if if I'm a Cowboys fan, if I'm a Cowboys fanatic, which I'm not. I would pray that the Cowboys do not pay Zeke Elliott, and if they do pay him, don't pay him a lot, which probably will not happen. Probably they're going to be Zeke Elliott gets paid, and he gets paid big, and comes back to the Cowboys and plays running back for them, which he would, obviously. Or he doesn't get paid, and Tony Pollard starts for the Cowboys, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. But... I think in the end, Jerry Jones will cave in and will pay Zeke what he wants or somewhere near what he wants. But I don't think it's the right decision from Jerry and the Cowboys organization. But that's all for today. Thank you guys for listening. Go tell your friends about the podcast, your family, coworkers, people walking down the street, anybody who listens to you, go tell them about the podcast. Listen to the podcast. But Thank you for listening. A uh, little housekeeping thing before we get done with this thing. Um, I'm going to start reserving like the last segment of the show for maybe 10, 15 minutes of the show for uh, questions. So I'm going to get have set up an email for uh, questions. Email them to me. I'll, once I figure it out, I'll tweet it out. Go follow it. Air it out pod on Twitter. Um, I'll tweet it out or I'll, the next podcast episode, I'll have it out. And you can email me a question, any question you want. And I'll probably answer... 10 of them probably per podcast however many good if it's a really good question I might talk about it for longer but yeah go email me um, I'll let no one come out go follow Pod on Twitter and that's it for today thank you guys for listening goodbye